Welcome to Same Old City, an independent York City fans podcast. I'm Simon Craft, and who's here with me? It's the Banter King, Ben Aspinall. And I'm catching up to Chipsy for guest appearances. It's me, Ben Robinson. <laughs> That's right, we've we've got a guest again. It's been a while since uh, since we've done that. Very exciting. interrupt our program to bring you this important message. York City have announced the departure of manager Neil Ardley. Now, we've recorded a full episode on Sunday evening. Quite a long episode as well, uh, with, with a guest, Ben Robinson. And this has now been announced on Monday, making it all uh, null and void. Ah, well, old habits die hard, don't they? We thought we should probably do a little emergency recording to get our snap reaction to the news. But yeah, let's let's get the statement up first of all. Is the website working again, Simon? That's that's the important thing. It is working at present. Yeah, the oh, that's uh, good. The legion of city fans had, had caused it to crash, but I can get the, <laughs> I've got the statement in front of me now. So yeah, York City FC have today confirmed the immediate departure of manager Neil Ardley. He will work with the owners on a smooth transition, and Tony McMahon will be appointed interim manager. A search is already underway for a permanent replacement. Co-chairs Matt and Julian Ugo said, We'd like to thank Neil for his contribution to this incredible club, both on the pitch and behind the scenes. We wish him well for the future. We now look forward to the next chapter for York City. We are working hard to be able to update the fans on the new appointment. So I guess what's our initial reaction to this news? Did we see it coming at all? If anybody saw this coming now and says so, they're a liar. Um, it could have gone in this direction, and had we done something catastrophic in the next two, maybe three games against fellow relegation candidates, then maybe. But at this point, yeah, okay, we were, a lot of us, if not all of us, were disappointed in the performance way at Barnet. You know, we had three games where we could really decide the fate of uh, our club this season. And, you know, we all need to pull together in a, the same direction. And that appears not to have happened. So, um, yes, shock. Surprise, a little bit of sadness actually, because as what's said by um, the co chairs there, I quite liked Neil's attitude both on and off the field. He seemed like a sound bloke. He's been through a lot recently on a personal level. So I, you know, I desperately wanted this to work out. And I believe next season with his own squad, his full squad of his signings and those he wanted to keep, I think would have been a club on the up. That leads me to believe that something's happened behind the scenes that we're not completely privy to. We can only speculate on that, but I think the biggest thing I can take away from this is that I don't know if his heart was fully in the project based on, you know, the comments in the post-match on in, interview on, on uh, Saturday after the Bayern game about the players not reacting to um, his training methods and what he wanted to do during the course of the week and put into place on Saturday. Throw in a terrible, terrible performance from certain players that you expect better from. It just strikes me as a bit of a perfect storm, if I'm totally honest. And the more I reflect on it, where it does sound like it was a mutual uh, agreement. Yeah, I mean, that's the key detail that's missing in that statement is, mm. you know, who has made this call, whether it's the club, whether it's Adley or, or whether it was a mutual decision. Yeah, I mean, when you listen to the to the episode that we have already recorded, you'll hear us being quite critical of the performance at Barnet and maybe the, the pace of improvement not going as, as fast as we wanted it to. But you'd, we didn't even discuss the idea of Adley leaving anytime soon. I don't think we really thought that was on the table. If it is a club decision, I think it's a it's a huge risk at this stage of the season. Where we've got two key yeah. home games coming up against relegation rivals to 
have this level of upheaval, yeah, it would be a massive gamble. Mm. Yeah, I guess it all just depends who comes in to replace him, really, in terms of whether it's the right call or not. We can't say it's a right or wrong decision until we see um, until we see how that pans out. So where do we go from here? Do you think they've got someone lined up? There's been talk of John Askey coming back, um, which <laughs> would be a storyline. Askey won't come back. It won't be Askey. I'm really putting that in, in setting that one in stone. And if I have to do another voice note when he gets appointed on Wednesday, then so be it. But no, I, I, I can't see it being Askey coming back. I know he's been at two recent home games uh, for whatever reason. Um, but the only thing that was missing from his appearance is the LNER. The last two home games was him bringing his dog with him um, and being asked to never come back by the new manager called Neil. That was the only thing that was missing from the, that scenario. He's not going to phone ahead. He's definitely not going to phone ahead because the regime don't like it. Uh, I think what's worrying is when you look at the candidates that were available when Ardley was appointed, it was a wider, more open uh, market, as it were, than the people that were available at the moment. If this is a club decision... Yeah, there's maybe slightly worrying echoes of, of the ASCII sacking as well. But at the same time, yeah, if someone comes in, we get a new manager bounce and it sees us safe. Maybe that's a gamble that's worth taking. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to, to see who leads us out against Wealdstone. If you want to try and think of positive um, examples from yesteryear, um, I remember Worthington came in didn't he, with um, not long to go. It might, I think it was more than what we've got at the moment, but he still took a while to get that first win and then he racked up enough points to, to just about keep us up. And in fact, if I remember correctly, by the, time, by the final whistle in the last game of the season, that, that particular season, we were relatively, I think we were a good four points safe or something like that. I, I'd have to bring up the table to, to be totally uh, correct. But I think looking at the current fixtures, there's enough dross around us and enough dross in that fixture list, of which we are one of them, of course. But there's, you know, there's, there's easily, if you if you get the team right, get the tactics right, there's three wins there. You know what I mean? We've shown that we've got a resilient uh, bunch of players who fight to the end, just don't seem to, you know, score enough and, and hurt teams enough when we're on top of matches. So it's worrying and, you know, um, panic stations for a lot of people. And I fully understand but I do think there's a good, there's a, a reasonably good eleven in that squad, possibly with um, a bit more of an attacking intent, you know, in terms of the uh, creativity that we try and deploy. We've got enough home games and enough reasonable away games coming up to try and get ourselves out of trouble. It just has to be the right person leading the team talks, as you say, Simon. Quick snap question then: Do you think this makes us more or less likely to go down this season? Right now, my gut reaction and instinct makes me feel like we're, I think we're more likely to get relegated now. But this is um, a good couple of hours after the announcement and we still don't even know if it was a mutual consent, if it was a sacking, if it was a resignation or whatever. I will be keenly looking forward to um, Dave Ward's phone-in later on this evening. I will be uh, listening to that and it'll be interesting to see if we can get some sort of um, response uh, from the club, whether that be the supporters' trust uh, or the board or something along uh, along those lines. And ultimately, yeah, as I said before, I'm, I'm just a little bit sad about it because I liked him. I, the football wasn't great at times, but I, I always kept following back on the, the reason that it's not his team. It's not his squad, sorry. It did become more of his team as, as the season went on. But he was just doing what he could to try and get us safe to look at next season. 
And that just makes me think something's changed in the background, something that we're not privy to, something that's been said somewhere. I just don't think his heart is in it right now. And, you know, maybe he's doing us a favour and, you know, getting out before these very crucial games are coming up. I don't know. It's pure speculation on my part. I don't have any inside information. And I don't want to put words into people's mouths at all in any way. I don't want to harm any anyone's reputations or anyone's hurt anyone's feelings either. But I just worry that something somewhere has really gone wrong. Yeah, well, I think we'll probably do a fuller autopsy on Adley's time at the club next week or when we've had a bit more chance to reflect on it. But yeah, we thought we should just give our reaction to the news before we return to this week's episode. Um, interesting that we got Ben Robinson on again because he was there... Mm-hmm for the first episode that came out after Adley was announced. So it's kind of coming full circle in a way. Oh, I nearly made a joke about that. Like at the start of the recording saying something like, Oh, you were there, you were there for the last game before uh, Adley was appointed and you're here for the uh, last game before he goes. But I thought that's a little bit negative. Well, you miss a hundred percent of the jokes you don't take, don't you? So. (laughs) All right, Michael Scott. But uh, yeah, that's very strange. Yeah. What a coincidence. Any long-term listeners might remember Ben's previous appearance on the podcast, which was episode five, Art of the Neil, mm. when Neil Adley was new and exciting at the club. He'd just been appointed, and that was back in September. So you've been busy since then, Ben? <laughs> oh, you know, I've been about a bit, been up and down the country. Uh, yeah, it's uh, slowly, slowly going downhill. Yeah. You have found time to appear on some other podcasts, though, I believe. I'm not sure what you're on about, Mr. Simon Podcraft. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit unsure what you're referring to here. Well, not just other podcasts, but other York City podcasts. Mm. I put it to you that you've appeared on at least one episode of York Hospital Ball since then. Well, if these are the rumours, I can neither confirm nor deny whether those rumours are true. I mean, I guess it is a bit too much to expect loyalty in modern football, isn't it? And <laughs> We don't have a problem with, with Hospital Ball. Different podcasts for different needs, isn't it? But Agreed, agreed yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that first appearance, it was a bit like when you play a friendly for an international side. So you mm. still appear for other ones, but now you sort of you need to make <laughs> that decision. So I'm just going to email you through an agreement to uh, digitally sign now that you will not appear on any of the York City podcasts uh, in future, if that's okay. Well, I think we'll have to see how this goes this evening before I commit to my future of the York City podcasting world. Um, <laughs> we'll maybe come back to that. But yeah, I thought we, we, we should get that out of the way. It's sort of the elephant in the room. Mm. <laughs> but if anything, that's made it more awkward. So uh, so let's move on. <laughs> 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 because the reason we've really got Ben on is because he made the trip down to Barnet along with 500 plus other City fans mm. uh, to witness our two 0 defeat uh, on Saturday. Mm. I guess before we get into the game, was it was it a good away day generally? Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. On the usual eight o'clock train down, several regular faces that you always see had a lovely pint in the Rocket, which was rammed with York fans, and then went on to I think we had a pint in Camden, and then I want to say it was West Hampstead, and another pint there before on to what turned out to be as expected. The worst part of the day, watching the Minster men away at the Bees. So, yeah, and then after the game, I think we uh, ended up back at the King Charles I near... Um... Oh, great pub. I know. One of my favourite pubs. Lovely spot. 
King Charles I near King's Cross before heading with to the parcel yard with other York City vocalists, Ian Dunn and David Ward. Oh, well, more on them later. Don't know them. Never heard of them. <laughs> yeah, well, it sound, yeah, it sounds like you've been sipping on some sweet nectar before heading down to the hive then. Because <laughs> bees, oh. bees and nectar. Yep, yep. Seems like you're just winging it now, Simon. Oh, good oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, yes, in terms of the game itself, the starting lineup for City was an interesting one because, Ben Aspinall, you called it. We were back to the 3 5 2. Mm. Crooks came back in, as did Dipark and Yemi, who'd recovered from his injury, seemingly, and Alex Hunt, our new loan signing from Grimsby. So they came in for Paddy, Billy Chadwick, and Charlie Allen. I guess the 3 5 2 had worked in similar games, like South End yeah. away, games where we were expecting to have to soak up pressure so you could see the logic. But at the same time, was it a bit disappointing after the 4 3 3 had looked good against Oldham that we were going a bit more defensive again? It made sense to go for the three-five-two. We we anticipated not having much of the ball. Barnett were really good at the LNER earlier on this season, weren't we? I'd say we, them and Gates said are probably the two best cliche term, but footballing sides. So to expect to have less of the ball, it made sense to go. You know, keep it tight at the back, try and spring a surprise. It had done reasonably well at tough away fixtures. Southend's a big one, isn't it? Um, it did okay at Rochdale, who are also in that you know mid to upper at the table so you're kind of disappointed after the ad- seeming adventurous formation against Oldham and I, th- I reckon players like Alan who went dropped to the bench and Barnes who was dropped from the squad completely could probably count themselves a little bit unlucky I think people are, are very angry about the formation change with a bit of hindsight to it because of the manner of the performance but I think it kind of does make it made sense to go back to the the three five two. I'm just wondering, Ben, was there much of a consensus for the match-going fans? Was there much of a reflection on that formation change? Um, it was actually Dev Wardy pointed out to me that morning because when we were discussing our who should play, I was saying the 4-3-3 would work really well. Um, but he said we tend to just match up to whatever the opposition are doing and don't really focus on ourselves too much. It's whatever they're going to do, we're just going to match it. Uh, at which point he said, yeah, it'll be that 3-5-2, 5-2-3, whatever. And I just found that really disappointing at the minute that we're not focusing on ourselves we're just too busy worried about the opposition mm. and not trying to win the game on our own merit rather than winning it because we've matched it and I think a lot of people are, I wouldn't say disappointed but I wouldn't say they're enthusiastic either it seems like whatever we try I think we're all expecting a tough afternoon anyway yeah but it seemed like the City fans were in good voice having watched the highlights back there was a bit of a buzz around the place hey. another one that but in terms of the on-field action, it very much seemed to be all Barnet. A lot of early chances on the highlights. Probably the best chance early on was a header from Gatlin Odonka, who I believe is nicknamed God, uh, sources have told me. <laughs> but he didn't quite have a heavenly finish on this occasion because yeah, it was mm. a free kick, free kick swinging from the right. Odonka gets his header on target, but GSK is there to palm it behind for a corner. Looking at the stream... Barnett did start to turn a screw, but I'd argue for the first 10, 15 minutes, York tried to pass the ball a little bit. There were some interesting triangles, bits of possession. Bassey was trying to make things happen from deep, um, but nothing too adventurous, nothing too uh, um, impactful. But it's not the dominant um, display by Barnett that you might infer from the highlights. York did try to play a bit, and then unfortunately, as I said, uh, Barnett did start to turn on 
Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. You know, we had a we had a bit of the ball in that opening period, um, but as did Barnet, and I think mm. they managed to. Whenever we had that ball, and especially on Saturday, we didn't actually really do much with it. Whereas Barnet, you you felt every time they were on the ball, they would manage to break through somehow and sort of get a good chance for them to, you know, like you say, with that opening header. And whereas I felt that we often wasted our possession uh, that we had, um, and then eventually yeah. Barnet started to get a hold on the game. I mean, this this effort in particular, I think it's a really decent save from GSK. I think it's a it's a nice height for him and such, but um, I think the speed of it, the, the the speed of the cross and the speed of the effort. He does well to get a hand to it and does well to get like pan it away for a corner as opposed to back into a dangerous position. Unfortunately, he couldn't do much about the opening goal, which arrived on 27 <sighs> minutes through Callum Stead. So it is debutant Alex Hunt gives the ball away on the left after we were sort of trying to build from the back. Then it gets passed to Stead, who seems to just bring it forward pretty much unchallenged, even though mm. there's a few covering defenders. And then he hits a low shot that sort of bobbles in at the near post. It was reminiscent of goals we were conceding earlier in the season mm. um, when we were you know, much more leaky at the back and, and much less organised. Um, was that the impression in the ground, Ben? Did you have a good view of this goal? Yeah, it was uh, stood right at the back of the stand, so I had the overarching view of the pitch. But it was, yeah, Hunt gave the ball away, as he said, um, very weakly protecting the ball when he got it. Was it from Amos? And then... They just go on that little run, cuts through the middle of Batty and Woodyard, straight through them. Uh, Crook and Howe looked a bit lost with Fallowfield, and it just happened to be a little ball that trickled into the bottom corner. Just, you know, no real power on it, just seemed to have fooled everyone. And it reminded me a lot of the goal Dawkins scored uh, last week, was it? Where yeah, good, no that's a good comparison, one, yeah. They were, he was able to just have run through plenty of time, no one really near him. And I felt that happened a lot of the Barnet game that. When you look at a lot of Barnett's chances, we gave them far too much space. We we didn't pressure them into making a decision. We gave them time to think about what they wanted to do. And you know, I'm not expecting Woodyard and Batty to be you know defending constantly and getting everything right. But it just seemed that once again they just kind of run through armoured field, leaving our defence to have to work out what to do. And they seem a bit lost at the minute when anyone runs at our defence. They don't yeah. quite know where they should be positionally. And I think. Um, you looked at Crook quite often seems to run past Howe and back past him, um, not just on that chance but, on chance, but on other chances as well. So, yeah, I think that's what disappointed me most was at the minute, the goals we are conceding, we're giving players too much time on the ball and not forcing them into making a decision. Ben, you touched on something really well there because the whole point of having a back three is the, the idea of extra protection. So players covering other players. If you kind of watch the um, Barnett's opening goal in a bit of slow motion and pause at the right places, Odonka, the number 19 for Barnett, makes a really decent run, which confuses Howe. Uh, and it brings the right side of centre-half, Smith, across with him. At that point, Howe should have focused on Stead making the run. But he doesn't. He ums and ahs about which players to follow. He doesn't know that Smith is following the runner, which allows um, Stead to get the effort away, which goes through the legs of Howe. It's all very easy to do in hindsight and you know slow motion highlights and such, but it's it's not great defending, unfortunately. So yeah, he shouldn't be running on from midfield with no runner, with no one jockeying him. That can happen though. The players find themselves out of position, having lost possession. That can happen, but you're relying on a back three, you know, relying on that one extra centre half to make a good decision. And unfortunately, two of the back three in in Smith and how kind of get a bit bamboozled 
So it's a comedy of errors, I'm sad to say. And Stead makes it look very easy. Very, very easy with that finish. In terms of City chances in the first half, it was slim pickings, really. There was a couple of mm. counter-attacks that almost came off. There's one where Batty played it through to Fallowfield. His cross was sort of mishit straight to the keeper. Yeah. And there was another one where Dippo beat his man and brought it forward. But then um, there was a foul given against Batty. So neither of them really resulted in a chance, but that was about as good as it got for us, really, in that first half. But watching the game from my helicopter and Ben watching it from the ground, maybe he might be able to add a bit more an opinion on this. I was surprised by, amount, by the amount of very basic mistakes from our players. Woodyard does horribly at one point in the first half, just misplaced a five-yard pass. So I think it was to Batty. Right in the middle of the field to leave us in a dangerous position. Batty is a... a Worst, a League Two level midfielder. He's a great player and he was making some very bizarre on field decisions. I think the ball bounced off him at one point when it should have been a very simple control and pass. And Dippo lost the ball twice in the opening, uh, you know, the opening salvos of the first half. When you're facing, like, was it Barnett's second or third in the league, whatever it is, when you're facing, you know, a team in such high position, you have to get the basics spot on. And our more reliable, experienced players were just not doing that. And I don't know, Ben, if you concur with that was that your impression as well on the ground it's been coming for some time this almost in terms of the amount mm. of mistakes people you know Woodyard was doing really well sort of in December and start of January yeah. and he's just dropped off a little bit against the Woodyard that everyone complained about and was a bit disappointed by back in sort of September October time Batty yeah okay he might have the excuse that he's only just coming back so maybe he needs to get up some match fitness but Dippo another one that Back in September, October, he wouldn't have been making these silly errors and silly mistakes. Whereas mm-hmm. recently, you'll be making one or two a game when you just start thinking, what What were you thinking there? And that fallow field cross that ends up in the keeper's arms was just so frustrating. And I remember being in the ground, just looking at that and thinking, it's, it's our first sort of major, I won't say chance, but the major area we've got in to create a good chance. Uh, a low-driven mm. ball across the front for someone to maybe have a go or... You know, even if Fallowfield takes it down, takes a touch and then has a shot, I just felt we're not going to get much in this game. And I don't feel like we have a massive attacking plan at the minute. I feel like it's just a case of, mm. right, we've got the ball. Let's try and get it forward and see what happens. Yeah, but it was 1-0 at the break. So there were two changes, quite attacking ones as well, because he brought on Lennel John Lewis and Charlie Allen on for Danny Amos and Alex Hunt, who, yeah, gets taken off. 45 minutes into his debut for the club. Maybe not the best start, but yeah, he'd only been at the club a couple of days, so we don't want to judge anyone too harshly based on that. I think we don't need to throw the baby out of the bathwater or anything when it comes to him. He's done reasonably well at this level previously. I think uh, we just need a little bit more patience with him. He's, his career is not going to live or die by performance at you know second or third in the table. Yeah, it wasn't quite Marcus Williams away at Curtis Ashton level of <laughs> no, debut no, performance. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll we'll give him that pass. But um, yeah, I just felt from him, he, he made a few basic errors of giving the ball away in dangerous positions. Mm. And like we say, he was the one that gave the ball away for the goal. And I almost look in hindsight, I was excited when I saw him on the team sheet, but in hindsight, mm. was that the right game to introduce him in where we knew it was going to be a battle constantly in mm. that middle of the park yeah. and in defence? Would we have been better saving him for um, Wheelstone next week when we might have more of an attacking idea about us? But what were your thoughts on the subs generally? I think it was a change of system as well because obviously we're bringing uh, two attacking players on for a defender and a midfielder. I think Ben A 
you described it as uh, sort of a four two four almost. So so a big yeah. change in, in sort of mentality. I, I didn't like the way that Davis has been shunted out to the left wing because I don't think that's his strength. Even if he is cutting inside, try and be more central on the attack. It just struck me as get as many attacking players on as possible and hope something happens. Alan, we know he can play as a winger, so that was less um, confusing. But now, yeah, I just felt like Davis was the square peg and round hole, if I'm honest, in that second half. We were more direct, even more direct than usual because of uh, the introduction of of Lenny. And he did manage to put himself about a bit in that, you know, in a manner that he can do. From the highlights, though, it did seem that we were more positive or at least getting Mm. the ball forward a lot more in the second half. Uh, We had a few chances or half chances early on. Best one was probably John Lewis's header. So yeah. it comes from a long throw taken by Will Smith. Uh, Callum Howe wins the flick on. And John Lewis is there unmarked, seemingly. Gets decent power on his header, uh, but just puts it wide. I think it's a really nice little header, actually. Um, probably the best chance of the match. Obviously, we're facing it square on with the highlights. Um, I was wondering, uh, Ben, how, how close did that look to you guys in the, in the away end? With my eyes that were had several J2Os in them. Uh, <laughs> I would say that, yeah, I do remember this chance. It was close, but yeah. it was always going wide. There was never right. a... It, it felt like... I couldn't give you an exact yardage of how close, but <laughs> it, it, you, you saw as soon as it left its head, it was going wide. It was a right. bit of a, ooh, but it, yeah. I mean, everyone was like, was it really an ooh? But that's when you say, is it more positive? Yeah, we've had a few more chances, but did we actually really threaten at any point? Well, then no. So I'd argue it wasn't that much more positive. Unfortunately, Barnet were a little bit more clinical. And so they went 2-0 up on 62 minutes. It's another one which maybe you can chalk down to defensive errors, I think. It's a long punt upfield by the Barnet keeper, Keeley. Odonka wins the header, flicks it on, beats Callum Howe in the air. And then Fallowfield's sort of tussling with Stead but just loses the physical battle, I think, really, doesn't he? And instead comes away with the ball. He's clear through on goal, and it's a fairly simple task to just uh, poke it past GSK into the net. It it felt like it was no defensive error, and everyone just kind of almost ruled their eyes that it's happened again. No one really seemed too shocked, but it, it's one of them. Is it a mistake from Falfield, or has he just lost the physical battle? And I'd argue mm. it is the physical battle is just lost, a bit unfortunate, but... As we were saying earlier, the defence just looks lost with that long ball. It's coming through and it's like Fallowfield seems very central in that defensive position, you know, and Howe seems to once again be following a different man. It feels like they're all trying to do something, but not all together in a defensive formation or a defensive line. Like you say, the Barnett striker must have been so happy just to see the ball land at his feet there because it was such a simple chance. Well, probably wasn't that simple, but he made it look so easy in the way he just tapped it home. Yeah, at that point, you realised it was game over. Yeah, it was uh, interesting defending from Fallafield. I'm not, I don't know, I, I agree with Ben there. I think he lost a physical battle. And, you know, it's very unfortunate that head injury that he had to go off with, which was very sad. Hopefully, he can back in, back in aside quickly. I thought maybe GSK could have been a bit bigger when he comes out. It, it, his arms don't really go up, up like a, you know, the starfish, Schmeichel esque you know, position that you expect goalkeepers doing a one-on-one. Maybe he doesn't have time to react to the, to the striker, you know, making a decision to have a go on goal so quickly. But yeah, maybe he could have been a little bit bigger, a bit more threatening, imposing in his, uh, you know, stature. Yeah, we did still have a few chances. Uh, there were a couple for Dippo. There's one where we win a free kick after Will Davis gets fouled. 
and Dippo strikes the free kick straight into the wall, but comes back out to him. And then he gets plenty of power on the uh, follow-up mm. shot. It's a, it's a decent drive, but unfortunately it's straight at the keeper. That's exactly what I was going to say, Sai, actually. He's hit it pretty sweetly. It's just a shame it's so central, isn't it? Because get a bit of variety on that. If that goes in a, one of the corners, that's that's going pretty quickly. So, yeah, probably one of the best bit of quality that we saw from uh, from Dippo in the uh, 90 minutes. Yeah, there was another bit of quality for his next chance, Oh, at least in the build, <laughs> uh, but maybe not in the finish. So oh. this is when there's a long ball from Will Smith. John Lewis wins the flick on in the direction of Dippo. Takes a lovely little touch to beat the defender mm. and then sends himself through on goal. But then he absolutely skies his shot, doesn't he? It's I'm not really sure what he was trying to do here. Just absolutely skied it and ballooned it way over the bar, nowhere near. And you just, once again, the few opportunities we are getting, you just feel mm. like it's been wasted. No, I agree with you there, Ben, completely. I'm going to give him a little bit of you know slack on this one because I think it's a, it's a difficult angle. But at, like, at worst, try and get it on target. Even if it's a straightforward save for the keeper, at least it's on, you know, it's at the goal. This seems like a very bizarre decision from him to hit it so strongly because that that must have hit you guys in the back row. Decent flick on by Lenny, you know, and um, Dippo. I'm not sure he's, you know, he means it completely or he bamboozles a defender, but he does. But as I say, it's a difficult angle, so I don't want to be too mean on him. It's just I'm not sure why he's gone for power there. But really, the game was sort of winding down at this point wasn't it i think yeah was was there quite a few fans leaving early burning the ground some did and quite a few started to go with the last few minutes but the majority of fans stayed right until the very end probably trying to avoid having to pay ridiculous london prices for j2o's <laughs> one thing i would say out of blind stupidity or whatever <laughs> the fans were absolutely fantastic I think it was more to entertain ourselves, but a full red and blue army chant for the whole of the second half. Never seen anything like that before. I've seen chants go on for a long, long time, but usually after about 20, 25 minutes, people usually have enough. It's like, right, come on then, let's... But this was pretty mm. much, as soon as I came out of the bar for the second half, all the way to full time, the fans, it wasn't just like one or two, lots of people at the back and throughout the stand, you know, were singing, trying to get get the team going a bit, Um and stuck by them. So I think one thing that can't be questioned that we could have questioned in the past under previous managers in the National League North is have the fans got on their backs, which has caused this result, or have the fans got mm. on their backs, which is causing the players to feel too much pressure. There's absolutely none of that this season. Uh, and I don't think the players can really complain when us as fans are saying on social media and on podcasts such as this one and your hospital ball um podcast as well very good podcast if you fancy listening to that one that's getting deleted (laughs) in the edit (laughs) um (laughs) when we're negative on here you can't the players can't come out and say well the fans haven't supported us because it was absolutely Mm. fantastic on saturday as a fan supporting spectacle um it's just a shame the performance didn't match that yeah yeah i mean there must have been a few fans leaving early because the Radio York coverage did mention this, actually. I'm just going to play the clip now. Those York City fans done a Ken Twix and left early in. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to meet Ken Twix. <laughs> I don't think he's talked to us anymore. Have you gone by time I get to... Throwing <laughs> 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 far side. I don't know him. He's the king of banter. Headed and cleared by him <laughs> on the far side of the field. Yeah, this is your now weekly mention on Radio York. Developing something of a reputation. He didn't even go to this game. That's the best bit. 
I suppose I didn't even know it happened. Some uh, two people tweeted me to say you've been you've been named and shamed on Radio York again. So it's becoming a bit of a habit. It was um, very amusing to get a, a wry smile out of me. Uh, and yes, um, I've not met Ian Dunn yet. So looking forward to uh, on Saturday when I do hospitality against Wilston. And I'll be sure to say hello. So we've got a tweet here from Matthew Clulo, who said, watched it in Ken's helicopter over foreign waters. <laughs> I didn't realise you had guests. That's who that was. <laughs> I didn't realise you had guests because I've never been invited up in it. Well, you know, it's a very select club. Okay, right. Um, but yeah, Matthew goes on. I just can't see what our attacking thought process is. There's no link between midfield and attack. Our strikers are just feeding off scraps. I think the back three slash five makes it worse, despite it making us more solid for the most part. That is an interesting point, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. has the sort of extra solidity that Adley's brought to us cost too much at the other end? We're not really working goalkeepers, are we? We either get smashing grabs or uh, holding on to, to you know, limp um, draws. The only time I can think of an Adley team, an Adley Ox City team, pinning down a, an opposition side and, you know, really beating them was the Oxford home game. And they're probably the weakest side that's come to LNR in, a, in, a, in an age. And the depleted South End side where it took two centimeters off for us to finish them off, you know? Apart from that, it's been, you know, heart in mouth for a lot of, in a lot of occasions, so I, we're not a fluid attacking outfit, are we? And for all of Ardley's talk about get through the season and you know see what we can do next year, he's you know the audition <laughs> this this final two thirds of the season. He's not really showed what we're in, you know what's what's in store, what what we're going to do next season under him. I wonder, Ben, what do you think? I mean, tactically, you're right. We've forgotten about it. Like we don't seem to, like I say, test the keeper, try and break mm. through, and we. We focus too much on what the opposition's going to do and don't try and focus on what we need to do to score the goals to win the game anymore. But it's not like we've forgotten in the attack, like it, it, totally, because we've signed Chadwick, we've signed Davies, we've signed Charlie Allen, and we've signed, um, you know, you can even argue that Alex Hunt is an attacking minded player that we've signed for our midfield to link the ball from that defensive to the attack. But I think you are spot on then, really, with what you're saying about that. The only thing I would say is Ardley has said several times that this isn't the style of football he wants to play. What style he yeah. does want to play, I don't know. But he has mentioned several times like he doesn't want to play like this. He's having to because this is what is going to get us the point yeah. uh, each game. But it's gone from, we've all, we all saw it as back in October, oh, this is going to be similar to the Gary Mills 2010-2011 season where yeah. by February yeah. we'll start winning games and we'll start climbing up the table a little bit and then we'll get to really go for it the season after. And I think we've said that, had that conversation several times, Ben. But yeah. now it's fizzling out into a Martin Foyle 08-9 season where we just about stay up. We're always looking over our shoulder and then suddenly you've just got to hope and pray that in the summer we make some absolutely fantastic recruitment and some great yeah. signings to somehow foil ball it all the way to Wembley. Another tweet here from Sam Hendry who said, they're the best football inside we will see all season. But first half was awful. Poor defending costas and left to rue the missed chances. A fair few players not looking bothered once again. It's a fight and some just aren't up for it. Another tweet, um, slightly different slant on things from Gavin Mercer, who said, don't understand the fan base calling for his head. I expected 3-5-2 and to get beat. They're second in the league, the performance was dire and the goals was easy. Too much negativity around. 
Get behind the lads for the final push of the season, or we will be in trouble. I mean, I can only speak for myself, and if I had to guess, I reckon Ben might agree with this. We probably presumed that we were going to lose. We probably presumed we were going to play 3-5-2. We did not presume uh, certain players were going to play that badly. I couldn't believe how badly both Woodyard and Batty played in, in very crucial positions. And I could have guessed that they put up a stinker because he's been having very few good games recently. But I don't know if, if Ben, if, if that's your sort of feeling, but I'm not angry about the loss because, meh, well, it's York City away at, you know, second in, in the table. You're just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. There were some very, very bad performances out there. And, I, you know, I, I, I don't mind not being good enough. It's the work rate, you know, and the effort that, you know, is the marker in, in this division in non-league football and very few players on Saturday put in above a five out of 10 performance. I think you're absolutely spot on, Ben. Um, I think what's happening is the games are passing too many players by so easily, mm, so passively. Yeah. No one's going, you know what, I'm going to be the match winner of this. I'm going to take this ball. I'm going to put this ball in. No, no one seems to be taking command of wanting to win the games. Everyone's just almost happy to have a club kind of vibe. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's... But uh, with whoever it was that tweeted in, it's, it's no surprise fans are negative when we're only outside relegation zone on goal difference. Yeah. Like we've gone from a position yeah. where we started looking up a bit to now once again looking back over our shoulders. And I just think there's been nothing positive since Gates said New Year's Day, um, yeah. where you thought, <laughs> "Wow, what result!" Even when we beat Oxford City, it was in the last minute, and everyone was a bit like, "Well, we got away with that one because that could have been a draw." And, you know, South End, another good win on paper. But when you break it down, we were just, we, it was the late, late show um, mm. where we managed to somehow scramble a late winner. Um, I wasn't there for it, so I can't comment too much on it. But it just feels like there's there's been nothing positive performance-wise since that Gateshead New Year's Day game where we outclassed them and we outthunk them, uh, if that's a word. Um <laughs> I mean, the other thing is, like, would you look at three games like the Dorking, Dagenham and Oldham fixtures? So we've got two points out of those three games. Would you not rather lose two and win one than draw yes. two and lose, and lose one? Do you know what I mean? At least you've got the win then. You've got the positivity of a victory. And now look at us. I mean, we've got eight wins all season. It's the second fewest in, in the league. Oxford City have got seven. It's, it's getting so bad down there. 15 draws. I'd rather, have, you know, exchange a few of those draws for a few defeats, but a few wins just to have the enthusiasm of some victories. You know what I mean? It's it's so 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 bizarre. Uh, our our stats this season. Speaking of stats, let's take a quick look at Sofa score for the Barnet game. So obviously the main statistic is that they scored two and we scored zero. <laughs> but what about the XG, Simon? Yeah, well XG that that's very much the real quiz. A bit closer in that one. So they had one point mm. five nine expected goals. We had not point eight nine. Well, to be fair, yeah. we we had quite a few chances, didn't we, really? But they were just weak chances. Mm. Yeah, in terms of shots on target, we actually had more than them. We had five shots on target to their four. Okay. But one stat which is not so good for us is accurate passes and pass completion. Oh, So yeah. Barnett had a pass accuracy rate of 80% to give them 388 accurate passes. We only had 67% which gave us 187. So we had less than half the number of accurate passes that they did. I mean, yeah, like Woodyard and Batty, as I said before, sorry, just to, to hammer the point at home, 
they made a few mistakes and some very basic errors in terms of their passing and trying to find teammate. And unfortunately, Dippo as well. There were times where he did, did reasonably well to win the ball and a bit of space, and his pass was just too short and too long. So you saying that, Simon, does um, affirm what I thought watching the game live in the helicopter. You say that as well, but that's a third of our passes that are mm. not being successful, a whole third. Like the famous phrase, it's all about the triangles when it comes to football. Like We're not even creating a triangle. Mm. It's it's concerning that in the fact that a third of them are just wayward passes that are not mm. being to where they want to be. And it's not like we're playing direct hoof-it-up football regularly. Uh, I mean, we did that a little bit in the second half, went a bit more direct, but that first half, like that, you, you shouldn't be losing, missing, misplacing passes very often, yeah. if at all, when you're playing that kind of very slow build-up football at the back. So yeah, it's 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 a major concern that players of the technical ability that we have in our team are misplacing mm-hmm. those passes. Right. Well, I think we've uh, dissected that one enough. So let's move on to the couple of games coming up next week. So first up in our two home games, we've got Wealdston. So let's take a look at how they're doing. They are level on points with us, although they do have four games in hand. We're recording before they play Rochdale on Tuesday night, so they may uh, have more points than us by the time they play us. Might go watch that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're not, not too far off, are you? Do a bit of scouting. You know what? I, I am tempted by that, you know. <laughs> so in the last five league games before the Rochdale game, uh, they've not won any of them. They have had three draws, so oh, yeah. <laughs> lump on for a draw. I'm just thinking of the Spider-Man meme now. <laughs> <laughs> With us and Wilston's badges as the heads. Please make that. Just pointing to each other. <laughs> but yeah, the three draws include a one-all at Barnet. They do have the second worst away record in the league. That would to be standard. Yeah, they're, they're, um, they're playing one of the teams with one of the worst home records in the league. So something's got to give. We remember the away game. This season, where we lost 2 1, because mm. that was the opening day of the season. That was a good day, wasn't it, Ben, apart from the football? Oh, wonderful day out. Um, but yeah, it's, we've come a long way, to be fair, when you think back to that game and how on 70 minutes we just stopped playing football and just couldn't <laughs> run. Like, and we all went, oh, that's a bit weird. And it's like, <laughs> oh, we are not fit. So mm. yeah, when you, when you compare it to where we played them at the start of the season and think about how many players have changed. Throughout that time, you know, we had Ando playing, Thierry Lightfairweather was playing. Mm. It's been a long, long time since then. So we have improved, but just not enough to what we need to do because they've just lost their managers as well, haven't they, in the last sort of month or so? I think they go to Notts County. Yeah, so they've got David Noble as their manager now, who was appointed last month. Mm-hmm. Not much of a track record. He did quite well at St Albans in his first job. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, I don't know much about him. Do either of you remember the equivalent game last season, the home game against Wealdstone? We lost, didn't we? We lost 2-1 under Tim Ryan. So it was first game Tim after Ryan. Askey's sacking. He was probably too busy thinking about his daughter, Meg. Yeah? Yeah. She had mail, apparently. Yeah. Or his son, Jack, who was off doing <laughs> one of his... Uh... He was out working for the CIA. It was yeah, very, very time-consuming. Yeah, what do we think is going to happen this time, then? We've got a win. This is now a must-win, in my opinion. Um, we had spoke about preferences before, about, oh, I'd like to see us get four points out of two games. and that sort. Of, no, we have to win on Saturday. We need to beat Wealdstone. 
And the bonus beat, if we can just play them off the park. We need to play 4-3-3. Three, three. We need to play the best 11. And we need to go caution to the wind and beat these lot. Because now, this is it. It's too late to um, claw, you know, terrible 1-0 wins and one all draws to try and get the points necessary. We need to batter these lot. It's a necessity. That's ex- that's precisely how I feel about this. Yeah, I would love to see us really, really go for that because I'd rather us really go for it and end up losing 2 or 3-0 from counter-attacks than mm. us stumble to a one-all draw again with no kind of positivity or optimism because we have got the strikers. Davies can finish. Dippo can finish. John Lewis can finish. Um, Chadwick, jury's out. But I do believe that We've got the attackers to definitely score goals. We need to go for it. Like you say, that 4-3-3, the way we played against Oldham, really try and score yeah. two, three, or four and just keep battering them. Yeah, I, I would have um, Alan back in the side. I think he was unlucky to uh, be dropped. I would give another chance to Hunt. Uh, maybe a week in training with the lads would calibrate him properly with what we're trying to do. Um, I would have Barnes back involved in the squad. Ah, he must be so sad and upset about not being involved on Saturday after doing very, very little wrong. Well, that's what we want to happen. Uh, what do you think will happen? Can can I get official one predictions? All, one, one, one. I'm getting there right now. One, one. One, one. They score one goal. We score one goal. I don't know if I made it very clear yet, Simon. Sorry. One, one. York City, one. Wilston, one. Right. So you've gone for a 3-0 there, Ben. Uh, what no, about no. You? You've not listened to what I've said. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Ben? I'm going to have to agree with Ben Aspinall here. It's going to be a 1-1 draw. Sadly, no Desmond, just a one all. Okay, well, I think you're both wrong. I think it's going to be one all. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, straight after the Wilson game, it's another Saturday, Tuesday, we've got AFC Fylde, who, weirdly enough, they're also level on points with us. And unfortunately, they're in fairly decent form. So after New Year, they went on a bit of a winning run. They won six in seven. Mm. How can you imagine that? <laughs> but they haven't won in the last three. Mm. We know that Danger Man is Nick Horton. One of our wins was away at AFC Fylde at mm-hmm. 2-0. I think that was one of our better performances of the season. It was, to be fair, yeah. Um, I'm sure Ben will agree with this. It was um, a really good first-half performance. Put them to bed and a see the second half, yeah. Probably one of our better performances this season, hardly. Yeah, we dominated the first half and then it's a shame we didn't do that for the second half as well because then we'd be saying, oh, that was one of our dominating performances. But <laughs> yeah, we dro- dropped off a bit second half, but the fact that they seem to be on a bit of a resurgence worries me. So I'm going to mm. go for a uh, a 2-0 defeat this time. Well, we didn't play them at home last season because they're a league lower, but we have played them twice at the LNER previously. Is it 1-0, Mitch Hancock's? Well, the first time we played them was the first ever game at the LNER. Oh, Sean Newt with his iPad, of course. <laughs> which uh, <laughs> may or may not have happened depending on which version of history you... I don't think it happened legally. That was expunged. That technically didn't happen. But yeah, that one was a 3-1 defeat, which I think has technically been expunged. Um, but mm. no, we last time we played them at home was the last home game of the season, 21-22. It was a 2-1 win. Oh, 2-1. Big pardon. So it was John Lewis and Hancock's with the goals there. Yeah. That was when we cement, that's when we cemented our playoff place, wasn't it? That mathematically confirmed it, if I remember correctly. That sounds about right. Yeah. That was a good performance, from what I recall. Um Proper ASCII ball. Just, I think we were floating. We were doing quite well. Just everything just clicked at yeah. that point in the season. So, could be a repeat two-one win with John Lewis and Hancock scoring this time. I think they'll score, and I think we'll score. 
but I think we'll score one fewer than last time. And I think this game is going to end 1-1. Bold prediction there. Yeah, the, these look like two real six-pointers. Oh, this could be six points or it could be two. Honestly, this is so biz- it, This is terrifying. I think we need to win one of these, though, don't we? We need. I think we need really four yeah. points to start getting some confidence that we can pull ourselves away from mm. danger. Because, like you say, the teams around us are winning. Well, joke's on them because we're drawing. <laughs> yeah, so we've had loads of draws. We need some wins now. So, Would you call 15 draws in a season loads? Well, it's more than anyone else, put it that way. <laughs> Just like sharing, Simon, you know, sue me. <laughs> yeah, but we will be covering those two games in all the glory next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that about wraps up this week's Same Old City, I think. Thanks to both the Bens, in particular... Our guest Ben, thanks for coming on. I think, um, in all seriousness, we can we can probably allow you the odd loan appearance on at Hospital Ball. <laughs> we don't want to create bad blood between the the two York City podcasts. So uh, <laughs> you are cup tied. I'll make that clear right yeah, now. Yeah, if we ever play them in some kind of quiz format, yeah, um, you're not allowed to be on their team. You can't score a winning goal and run to the away fans giving it a shush <laughs> celebration. That's that's not allowed. Full Adebayo. Knee slide in front of you two, just in yeah. some kind of working men's club somewhere. Uh, Kissing the badge. Pointing <laughs> at the name at the back of the shirt. No, thank uh, you. But no, it's been a pleasure as always, chaps, and thank you for having me on again. Yeah, loved it, Ben. Always good to chat to you. Um, I'm glad that Barnet was a good day outside the 90 minutes. That's what it's all about. And thanks as always for listening. But until next time, keep the faith. <laughs>